Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Danny. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Well, hello, Annie. Hello, Samantha. Happy Monday. Yes, uh, we are recording on a Monday, so happy Monday to you as well. But that means we're a little uh, spacey today. (laughs) Yes, yes, we have discovered as we have been attempting to record this for the last three minutes, we may be a little tired and or really have the Mondays. (laughs) Uh, I said it. But today, we want to go ahead and put a time step on this because not necessarily anything is going to change, but there's actually a lot happening with this specific woman that we're about to talk to for our edition of Women Around the World. Yes. That sounded weird. That was not the theme I wanted. Ignore that. Okay. But anyway, it is uh, March 22nd, 2021. And though she has already made pretty big impression in the world and in just science in general and history. Uh, we want to put this caveat in here because there's a lot of articles coming out about her project if you're paying attention to what she's doing. So that's why I'm timestamping it. And yes, we will tell you who it is in just a minute. But first, Annie, yes. I have a question for you. Oh, I already know this answer, but it's a two-parter. Okay. So the second part, I feel like I already know this answer because I think we've talked about it before, but I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. A, were you a huge fan of movies like Indiana Jones? <laughs> Actually, the answer to that is interesting because I've only seen those movies once each. Okay. And I can't recall really why I didn't go into them more because I loved, as you all know, The Mummy. Right. I loved it. That was the second question. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I was just like, you know what? I'm more into the Star Wars lane. And if I got to okay. choose a Harrison Ford movie, then this is... <laughs> that was it. Oh, Holly Fry, who is also the big Star Wars fan, one of the times that I had gone out with her during our adventures in any of the Disney land, Disney World right. locations, 
we went to one of the Indiana Jones themed ones. And when I could not name anything and she pointed out things, she looked really sad. Oh, yeah. yeah I've seen that look. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, like did a little sigh. Uh-huh. And just like, Samantha, Samantha. And that's all she said. <laughs> so, okay, I feel better knowing that you're maybe in the same spot as me. Yeah. But here's the second part of that question. Anything with like the mummy and obviously again with uh, Indiana Jones, did you ever have any experiences and or any fantasies of being someone who is in the archaeology world or in that history discovery world, adventure world? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think I was born to like, the, this is different, but to me it's similar um, in my kid brain. I was born to like paleontology and like fossils like dinosaurs mm-hmm. and finding stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I had like a little kit for, uh, uh, like we spoke about one of our recent classics. I would go out in the woods and I would find like, one time I found this mailbox and I was like unearthing it as if it was <laughs> some kind of ancient. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had an experience in our, I guess, middle school elementary school time frame. Mm-hmm. They had this whole like initiative going on trying to bring in these kids that was remained together for the next three years and learning different things. And one of our big projects was actually doing an archaeological dig site behind the school playground. And we actually discovered a village, oh. a small a Native American village to the point that we got a cease and desist oh. letter. <laughs> Because we found like pole marks and we found all of this pottery shards and we found all of these like arrowheads and weapons. And it was a true small town village. Like we found where all the posts were, where the homes were. Mm -hmm. And then we had to keep it for several years because several archaeologists came out and helped dig up the site. And so because of this, it was really sad because we worked on this so hard. It was such an amazing project. Mm -hmm. I will never forget it. They transferred our small class to a different location to start up another location location to see if we could find more stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, it wasn't as cool. Right. We found things, uh-huh. but not a town. Right. Not a small like area, living area. So I was very sad yeah. when we got taken off that project. But it was one of the most like, <gasps> what <laughs> moments when we started finding all of these amazing items and things and finding out that we actually were sitting on something really historical and sad because, of course, our relationships with the Native Americans were really sad because yeah. they were killed and or pushed out. Right. So a lot of really sad things, but cool things at the same time because you're discovering all these yeah, things. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the reasons we are talking about this specific woman and we're talking about Dr. Ruth Shadi or Ruth Shadi Solis, who is a Peruvian archaeologist and anthropologist and overall bad ass. So if you have a minute to go look at her work, it is phenomenal. But Shadi was born in Callao, Peru, and has always had this love of the world of archaeology. So again, kind of like fostered into her. And in one interview, she actually talks about visiting different archaeological sites as a child with her father. And she talked about really honing in and deciding this is going to be my career at the age of like eight or nine, because her dad not only took her to these sites, but would gift her and her siblings books of all this historical context. And having this love for archaeology and history, her father influenced them with, again, his own love for history and discovering older cultures. And I believe he moved to Peru with the family. And in talking about how Peru was the center of civilization for them. So it was really interesting to see all this history as she was talking about her own childhood and why she loves what she loves. Right. 
And yeah, Shadi studied both archaeology and anthropology, as well as pedagogy in Lima at San Marcos University, where she became a teacher and is currently vice dean of research at the Faculty of Social Sciences. She has been the head of many projects, including projects in Marenga, Lima, and Bagua, Amazonas, and some others. And though these projects are interesting, what she's currently being celebrated for is her work with the Corral Supe Special Archaeological Project. She is currently the director of the many research teams at the Corral Archaeological Site or the Corral Archaeological Zone. And just in case you didn't know, because I definitely didn't, Corral is known as the first civilization of the entire American continent and is located several miles outside of Peru. And the civilization is dated back 5,000 years, which is 2,000 years older than the Mayan civilization. But her road to discovering and preserving the civilization was a long, and is actually, a long battle, which started in 1978 when she visited that area. But it wasn't until 1994 that she and a team of four others started working at that site. And not surprisingly, she went through her share of disappointments and hope throughout the project. And she talked about all the difficult conditions, support from the government, some of the times, and being ignored by the government and oftentimes her own colleagues, as some suggested her theories of the large civilization was just, uh, quote, an exaggeration. Oof. Right. The Corral civilization is fascinating because unlike so many other discovered civilizations, this was not a warlike society um, as there were no traces of weapons or defensive walls within the city. The civilization was covered by gravel and pebbles before it was abandoned, which helped preserve the area. They were also seemingly ahead of our times as they maintained gender equality. During the dig, they discovered remains of a woman dated 4,600 years ago, and she was apparently all decked out. They discovered a shell necklace, bone brooches, and blankets made of cotton and other materials. Shadi stated, We can interpret that some 4,600 years before present, women had already reached significant positions in society. The brooches in particular, carved into bird and monkey designs, point to, quote, a woman of prestige. Right. And um, along with those discoveries, they also found flutes and all these instruments. So it must have been a very artistic mm. world and, and, and civilization, which I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. But when talking about her works in regards to Corral, she talked about the significance of how the discovery could impact the local community. Um, and she stated, quote, we wanted these people to identify with the heritage and accept it as theirs as a source of identity and cohesion. She worked with the community by organizing a participative workshop to promote integral, sustainable development. And she spoke of the significance of the project overall, stating, quote, the worldwide response to the values of Corral civilization has encouraged us. So has our ability to convey to current and future societies the importance of peaceful social interactions between people with different cultures and languages who exchange resources, products, experiences, and knowledge produced in the Andean territory, which is itself immensely varied. This intercultural relationship favored by Caral's social system enabled it to develop very early in the northern central area of Peru. This is a valuable message for modern society, as nowadays military action and behavior are still ubiquitous, which is entirely counterproductive of the millions of years of human evolution and the 6,000 years of establishing complex civilizations. We have failed to strengthen our human identity and preserving living conditions on Earth. We need to reflect on this to avoid exterminating ourselves. And of course, I'm also thrilled to be able to improve the quality of life of the populations around Corral and train archaeologists with a different vision who can appreciate the diverse social reality of Peru. And not unlike Indiana Jones, she has gone through some trauma and danger between having threats made against her by what is being reported as squatters, but seems to 
to be a more a deeper conflict with people who are trying to claim the area to develop the land. And so they may be destroying the site out of hate. Some of the sites have been destroyed and some of the mummies and items have been destroyed. Uh, legal battles from former colleagues who have tried to claim her work or leave her out in documentation. And even being shot in early 2000s on the site. And the land was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2009, by the way. And she's currently experiencing a lot of pressure and threats from those squatters, uh, which are believed to be made up of those who are claiming that they were given the land in the 1970s. And not only has she and her team been receiving threats, but people who are involved as the legal advisors and even the possibility of her dog being poisoned as a threat. When we say poison, they killed her dog. So it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And there has been a lot of support by many academics and those in the historical world and science world with petitions and letters being sent out to the government for her and her team's protection today. Uh, I know right now there are so many articles coming out about what's happening there because there has been an all-out threat against her as well as the actual excavation site. They're having to have police protection around it and all of these things. And there's also a question about why haven't they been found? Why haven't they been arrested at this point? Because you kind of know what's going on. And there seems to be, of course, a lot of money involved in this conversation. Who has the rights to what? Um, And of course, she is working to preserve it. So for those who want to develop the land to sell it, kind of puts a kink in their plan. So it does feel like a straight out mystery or a straight out suspense thriller, right? Uh (laughs) No? Me? Okay, maybe it's just me. Uh, (laughs) Her work is being celebrated as she continues to make history. Uh, She's been named BBC's Top 100 Women, 2018's L'Oreal UNESCO's National Prize for Women in Science. She was given the Medal of Honor of the Congress of the Republic of Peru as well. And obviously, we are talking about what she's done and continues to do and her love and passion in preserving history and bringing things to light. Uh, She even talked about how as a woman in this field, it's been a struggle, but how persevering and being able to fight for what you know has been there. So she's known that something has been there since 1974 and has fought for it. And then it was actually celebrating in the 2000s. So that's badass. Yes. Badass. Very badass indeed. And continues to be. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions, listeners, for women we should cover in this segment, you can email us or email us stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. Badass. Yes. <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. 
Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.